1: You are now entering the Bad Christian Podcast. What's up, stiffs? Yeah, you're stiff. That is, if you haven't joined the BC Club yet, you're stiffing us. Not really. We actually are totally, totally very happy more than anything that we can make this podcast free. And I really would never want to guilt somebody into paying for something or or giving something. Like, you, you guys know me. I don't even like tipping at restaurants very much i think it's a weird practice especially when you have to tip at starbucks or there's a jar there and you feel like you have to do it but there's really no good reason to to tip somebody who all they did was take swipe your credit card and hand you your drink you know what i'm talking about well this is the same thing except for that only takes one or two seconds and no effort and they get paid anyway what we do you spend hours every week thinking about, talking about, preparing, mixing, booking guests, doing everything. It's, it's a lot of work. So, I mean, think about how easily you give somebody a couple of dollar, $3, $5 tip at a restaurant. You do it just almost for no reason, for no work or service at all, and those people are getting paid. So, you might want to consider, if you think you would feel good about it, I suggest you'd enjoy this podcast more if you did, give us a tip you can do it digitally you can join the bc club that's how we fund ourselves that's where we get our beer money from so go to bad forward slash contribute and consider giving us a tip it's really not that big of a deal like i said totally fine if you don't want to do it but just do it it's easy and it's not just a tip you'll actually be in the bc club you can hang out with us talk to us on our facebook group and not only that but you get some perks there's t-shirts postcards digital gifts stuff like that BadChristian.com forward slash contribute. Join it today. Take it away, Toby. Hey, guys. Hey.
2: I just wanted to welcome everybody to the Bad Christian Podcast, and want to give it a little countdown here, and hope it's gets this, you a late night edition? Okay. Hope you're with a special friend tonight, having some
3: real
1: sexy yeah, fun. Yeah, it's a cool thing. So I said, three,
2: two, a uh, one, a uh, uh, gonna shake the booty all night, so I said, can to see the booty on it's the bad christian podcast and we have holy sex with our spouses who are male and female right <laughs> matt <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> yes we do yes we do welcome to the bad christian what is this bad this is the late night edition
2: yeah you know how it is sometimes you get in bed curl up with that special someone wanting to listen to something nasty just you and your girl together. Listen to something
3: nice. Hey, let the Matthew McConaughey get get out right now.
2: All right, all right, all right. You just with your special little loved one there. Wanna <laughs> Maybe get together and kiss a little bit. I don't know if I sound like him that much. Murph, you know what's really funny? Murph! I, all, we, we, Murph! <laughs> we, we, we drove all the way to Missouri, and my wife loves bro country now. She just listens to bro country, which is just like... Getting drunk on your farm, partying, music, whatever. She loves it. Um, you know, all the new stuff. But Luke there's a Bryan guy named and Luke that kind Bryan. of thing. Yeah. Yep. And I just... I, uh, and now I've just been singing like... He sings just like... <laughs> Light it up, up. feel your cap up. Dust, kick the dust up. That's the name of the song. That's what's up, up. And it's just... I cannot get that <laughs> out of my mind. And every song now that I sing, no matter what it is... I start singing like this, <laughs> and just uh, it's kind of
1: nasally, and it just talks like this, and and he just likes getting down on the farm. Sing so it now! I'm stuck. That now. Sing an Emory song. Sing. sing an Emory song in that voice. How does it? It's like a pencil with erasers at both ends. I want it all, but I'm dealing in
3: persons.
1: (laughs) It doesn't even sound like you. (laughs) I can't stop singing like that, though. Do another one. I like it. Do another one.
3: You should do a honky-tonk Best of Emory songs, man. That'd be great. I know. Do
1: it again. Do another one.
3: Uh, Okay, let's see. Three sleepless nights.
1: This isn't how it's supposed to be. <laughs> <laughs>
2: but you're so good at
1: tasting I can't
2: even remember my own lyrics anyway. I'm trying there, but I'm stuck. Y'all ever get that way? Like you get stuck saying something and stuck. Yeah, man, you got I mean, to like one with imitate the, the, somebody,
1: in you you got to do the low voice. But you're so good at. But you're so good. At. <laughs>
2: I, I, you know what, I've thought about that, just turning all Emory songs into a country song. Like, I, just to, you know, put the twang, the slide guitar, the steel guitar, all that stuff. If you slowed it down a little bit and just sang a little bit more of our natural accent, I believe it, they all could potentially be country songs. Because, I mean, <laughs> it's about broken hearts and losing stuff. And, I mean, that's it just right up country. Well, most alley. people can't understand how,
1: how we talk the way we do and then you sing the way you do. Most people just don't get that. But, I mean, I don't really know what the alternative would be as if you could scream with a southern accent. Maybe it's possible or something, but... I don't know, I bet, but most people think, how do you talk the way you do, Toby, but you sing with no accent.
2: Are you listening? We write a thousand pages. <laughs> <laughs> They're turning on the floor.
1: I can do it, man. I'm going to turn every Emery song into a country song. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll be out on the road uh, next week, so I hope everybody remembers or is getting, if you want to hear that, maybe we'll do it. Let's do this. Let's at least do one of those on the VIP on the bus. How about that? All right. Let's, let's do I'll at definitely. least do one country song. It'll be exclusive for the VIP on the Emory tour bus on the tour we're doing with As Cities Burn. We'll figure out at least one country version and do that Maybe. on the bus. Yeah. All right. Well, hey, Maybe a quarter hang on, of Joey. Me. I'm hey, still I'm talking. Be- don't <laughs> interrupt <laughs> me yet. Hey, I'm going to. Joey, don't interrupt me yet. But seriously, we do hope people will come and, and check out our VIP and come see us on our upcoming tour. We'll be with As Cities Burn uh, all the way through the southeast and the southwest mm. and the west coast. It's going to be huge. Yep. Go to emorymusic.com forward slash VIP, and you can literally hang out with us on our tour bus. And the best part, Joey won't be there. So it'll be really nice.
3: <laughs> well, I want—I know you guys would be happy for me to speak up for the BC Club, and that is you guys need to record that country song so we can send it to you, That's BC a good idea, Clubbers. We'll do that. Uh, so we will get you guys nice. y'all's little copy so y'all can see it wherever you're at. But, hey, I wanted to let you guys know that uh, I started a band and I'm pretty excited about you it. You started and a band? Yeah. Yeah, we've already got some really good recordings and stuff. Um, but I'm hoping that I can work what out What did you deal, do in the band? Uh, bad Christian. Uh, I sing. You sing in a band? I can't. I sing and here's the really awesome part. When do is, you have time to do this? Oh, man. You know what? When you dedicate your first two it's hours. When you dedicate the first two hours of your life every day to the Bible reading and prayer, he multiplies your oh. time and uh, multiplies it mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> so so anyway the cool thing about being a singer to this band that i name uh, chef anaya is <laughs> is that <laughs> chef anaya
2: yeah because like your your, your <laughs> favorite artist is chef
3: boyardee so anyway the nasalness does not come out when i'm singing that's really the beautiful part like when i sing the nasally doesn't come out well I, that's matt, what i was saying I about toby you, it's like uh, his
1: accent isn't there in his normal singing voice so all yeah.
3: yeah. right right uh let me play let so me this play. sounds like a total just baritone nice low pretty voice no nasal yeah okay, well, I mean, let's try it let's I, hear I, it you guys confirm this one way or the other but i don't think the nasally is in there so matt i want you to uh let me play this real quick i'm gonna push play Oh, I like it so far. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, I don't hear any nasal at all. <laughs> Not at all. Wow. Okay. Man, it's great. <laughs>
1: Sounds like Frank Sinatra. No yeah, You're, a real, cro- You're a real crooner you out there, Joey. <laughs> Man, that's <is> amazing. <laughs> do y'all remember
3: that band? Uh Jebediah? Yeah, yeah I do. See, that's who that They're was. From They're Australia? from Australia. Are they an Australian yeah. band? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yes, yeah. They but they they got they got pretty uh good big uh recognition because they did a split with our favorite Jimmy World. So well, uh, you know yeah, what's
1: weird is those back in those days there were a lot, and I guess maybe there still are, but that, that was like a style of singing, and I like it too. It's like it almost sounds like a joke, but you know, Branson. That way too, really. There's several emo bands that we used to like that definitely sang in that super bizarre way. At least it's got oh, character, uh, I guess.
2: Sometimes singing nasally is a little bit easier, especially. You know what I mean? Yep. Like if you if you, you mm-hmm. kind of go there, you don't have to push on your vocal cords as much, and it's just as easy. But Joey, I guess you you talk like this all the time. No, I don't. What does it sound? What does it feel like to talk like this all I the time? I don't talk like that. It must be pretty easy. You, good night, I love you. It's, it's a lot easier. <laughs> good night, I can,
1: kids. I, actually, now that you mention, I think I'm just going to talk talking this way. It is it is a lot less calories burned? Yeah, I like it. Yeah. I wanna hear
2: (laughs) (laughs) Guys, that was that was our pastor's sermon. I just wanna close today just saying thank you for being here today. The Lord loves you and it's just (laughs) uh speaking of our church and my good friend joey sitting right here this sunday a couple uh, joey and i a few people whoa 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 whoa, whoa. a few people who couldn't show up for the setup and breakdown uh, we, we, we were uh, our church is a mobile I, campus I, 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 so uh, yeah. <laughs> come on <laughs> you're loving your life right now you got you got the joy did you order? You ordered your pizzas. I'm not you lounging. Them.
3: I'm not lounging. Every day,
2: every day at this time, I know when I see Joey. Joey normally has depression, you know, sometimes, <laughs> but every day at this time, I know he's ordered pizzas because he's smiling. He knows the pizzas are coming. He has joy. He's looking
3: forward to the ten pizzas. Did you know I had to bring up to my psychiatrist, a psychiatrist? <laughs>
2: oh, hey, man, I got your pizzas here. Holy shit, is Neil? <laughs> Neil, we, we're in a different place. How did you get? Dude, I've been trying to find
1: you guys for years. It felt, it felt
2: like a year I did Dude, your voice kind of sounds a little more country now. Right, let's
1: take these damn pizzas, man.
2: Yeah. All right, dude. Here, Joey, you going you gonna to pay him or what? Take
3: the damn pizza? What the hell's wrong with y'all? I like seeing you, but I got the job to do, damn.
2: You sound so wet. Dude, you sound so country now. Anyway, all right. Here you go. All right. All right. See you. Hey did, hey, did you stiff him? Yeah, I didn't give him a tip. It's your pizza. You weren't going to pay him. You're laughing at him. What? All right, hold on. I did, Steve. Hold...
3: Neil, come back. Come back. You know what the hell y'all want now? What? what you... I wanted him to come back to get mad at you for stiffing him. No. <laughs> Matt, Matt, I was with Go on, him. Neil. Leave us. Leave us. All right. Shit. You guys are messed up. All right.
2: Okay. Anyway,
3: that's, not, that's one of my favorite things. Now. <laughs> you like
2: Neil? You love Neil? He is a cool dude. Anyway, so I was wow. about
1: next time Neil <laughs> I love comes, how, Joey. I'm sorry. I love how I'm Neil's sorry. Not- Toby, thank you what? for t- dealing with Neil directly and opening the door for know Joey, Joey just please, to laugh at next Neil. <laughs> time, will you Joey's, talk Joey's to Neil? Br- I'm not even in the room. He can't hear me. So please, when he shows up next time, talk to the man. Come on. <laughs> I love oh, how man. Neil's I-
2: knock on the door is so loud, but his voice is always <laughs> <laughs> kind of far away. <laughs> I seriously have a headache from laughing so hard. <laughs> so we're at church this Sunday doing setup and breakdown. Oh, and as man. people start coming in, Matt, you know Joey, right? You not, know who not, he is. and you, He will, when he's uncomfortable, or has to read something or just has to do, he feels like a need to do something, he slips into like youth pastor G talk.
1: Like, yes. what's uh, up? That, uh, not just you, him, you know but every, about, Matt, every, every youth pastor. Joey is yeah. one of them, I'm yes.
2: being jokey. I know you're being jokey, but it's like your go-to. It's your defense mechanism for the situation is a little uncomfortable. I have to say hello. Like, Matt, if you were walking into church and you saw somebody that you know or whatever. What what would you say to them? Like they were just walking up to you. This is the first time you saw them on Sunday morning. What would you say?
1: Oh, hey, what's going on, man? Yeah, right. Yeah. Okay, Joey wouldn't say that. He... <laughs> I'm
2: actually really. Curious Our friend Pat you... walks in, and I'm I'm around the corner. I right hear Joey go, "What's up with De Brodricks?" <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> and I'm just dying that, laughing. Yeah, like, that's a like, tension, yeah. that's just like, attention cutter, yeah, for sure.
2: Yeah. Yo, man I think he said something like, "Yo, man, that's, like they talked for a saying, Yo, man, that's good to hear. I'm, I'm happy or something like that." You, you sound know? like Stephen Furtick. I, I, it's that's, hilarious, that's, but you you slip into this like kind of like a some kind of G talk or something. You
3: know you're elaborating so, right so now. So here's what's Exaggerating really here's I
2: mean. what's really funny. This shocked me. This I <laughs> couldn't believe it because I <laughs> couldn't believe this. Five minutes goes by. Who walks around the corner? Joey's dad, Virgil Spence. <laughs> Virgil is walking up. Hey, there's a lady walking towards him. She has, I guess. Why weren't
3: you practicing? She has a by blue
2: dress on, uh, but I mean, they know each other. He could just say, "Hey, how's it going? Good to see you." Virgil Spence and says, "Look at your blue self." <laughs> <laughs> and then to Sarah our admin he goes
1: hello miss Sarah and I was like that's where Joey gets it from Virgil Spencer 67 year old Virgil Spencer went G. I I have no understanding how did he how did it I don't I mean how did he get that did he get that from Joey I don't know it's he not like it hip-hop language is Maybe. native to a 67 year old bald white man how, I know. How I don't understand. But he's a Scandinavian said, Look at your blue dude. self. <laughs> Where did he get it? I mean, he couldn't have done. He didn't do that in the seventies. He might he didn't have got do it in the sixties.
3: Please, you're too
2: loud. I can't even. I think he might have had like a uh, maybe. What it was is he uh, heard Joey saying that, and he'd always needed a go-to language he didn't have to
1: talk to people when it's uncomfortable.
3: <laughs> Toby, I've got a suggestion.
2: Okay. for He's you. like, okay, wow, son? That's quite, that's a quite effective
1: story. device for cutting the tension." Well, before you share the story, shall my suggestion behavior of speaking as well.
3: My suggestion is for Toby to whisper and then that will be a moving on quiet talking. So then uh, this is this is one really just I, I literally
2: started laughing and I had to turn away <laughs> because Matt, you know how sometimes Joey, somebody's saying something serious, even in our interviews and stuff like that. And Joey's just thinking about the next thing and moves on, even if they say something really serious. Mm hmm. Oh, you, you know can I mean? hear it like, in many it, of
1: our interviews. Yes, I'm very familiar. Right, in many of so our interviews, are all the like Somebody says very, something like,
2: yeah, and, and that's when I thought I was going to do something really terrible. And he goes, well,
1: and, yeah, how about those Houston yeah. Texans there? Right, right, exactly.
2: <laughs> so this week he's talking to one of the older gentlemen at our church, and he says, ask the older gentleman about their daughter. And the doctor, the the. The guy says, Well, my daughter's doing okay, but actually, her mom, um, she has uh, uh, this disease and this disease, and it just it just started happening. So she's kind of in really bad shape. And seriously, there's like one second of silence, and, and Joey goes, I really want to see that movie. And he points to a movie no. poster. <laughs> yes, I did. responded to No, oh, yes, you did. You, you didn't didn't hear did uh, okay, you didn't hear me I respond. Okay, whatever. I promise you, your response was, Yeah, man, that's really bad, or something like that. Hey, look
1: at that movie, man! I really want to see that. I heard the reviews are really amazing. Toby, what did you do? to follow Joey around with a notepad, writing down funny stuff he did this week? Or I just what? couldn't miss out. I couldn't believe. It. I
2: mean, he was just talking about. Yeah, he said, "No, my daughter's doing okay, but her mom actually has this, this, and this." And then, literally seconds later, I hear, "Man, I gotta see that movie. It looks so good. Well, <laughs> Dude, Terminator
1: <laughs>
3: Genesis, look off the. Oh my yo. god, Terminator Genesis! You heard about that? There's way more to that. Way okay, more to that. Do you even want to know? No, I don't. Okay. Not if it's yeah. I know what I heard.
2: I know what I heard. And it was really really funny. So that was just three instances where I'm just around Joey and his dad <laughs> and some unbelievable stuff. <laughs> All right. Can we get to a a a thing that I I kind of want to talk about here?
1: Yeah, I'll Keep or rolling. Matt? Yeah, that's what keep we've rolling. been doing. Okay. Well, yeah, and well, that's what we've been th- doing for the last 10 minutes. Yeah, just stuff that I want to talk about today.
2: Yeah. <laughs> Do you realize how much in the news, I see this literally, I, it, I believe for the last month or two, it's been almost like once a week that there are female teachers having sex with their male students. Mm-hmm. And I guess it's probably, I guess it obviously is underage. Like some yeah, of there was a new one last really week. Really right? young, but but some of them are like 15, 16, 17 years old. Oh, and, and so... Stop. In the first
1: grade.
3: Joey. My, this,
1: okay. is, this isn't going to work. Go ahead, Toby. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I I just
2: there is a real uh, first of all I think just because we always say the internet's gonna show everything I guess this has probably been happening forever but now that there's the internet and yeah, people definitely. can post stuff and say oh I hooked up with this lady or whatever um, it's gonna get more and more and you're going to see it more and more it's not like all of a sudden there's an epidemic of female teachers sleeping with their students probably right. always has been oh absolutely and yep.
1: now it's just more seen or able well, it to be seen well it might be a little bit more so, culturally now but yes most, mostly it's, like it's underreported well first of all yeah. it's been underreported in the past because nobody's going to believe 15 right. no, year olds not going to go home and tell their parents and have them believe them or, and then if they did they wouldn't tell the school and all that so now that it's out you hear more about it also if that did happen in Louisiana you wouldn't hear about it in Washington either So both of those factors. right? Yeah, totally. You know, so, so the big thing for me though, is it is
2: very clear that it is a double standard. Like, and, and I hate to even say this, maybe even for me, I don't really feel bad for the, for the 16 or 17 year old boy. Who sleeps with potentially a really hot older woman? <laughs> like, that was my 16, 17 year old dream. Right. right. Like, seriously, Like if I, if, if I was 16 or 17 and I got to do that, then my dream was fulfilled. Yep. Like, that's what I, I thought. I mean, I had all these hormones, just like most dudes, and was just going crazy. And to, to have an older woman be interested in me would have been unreal. I would, of course, probably have done it so the lord kept me away from that for sure but i mean there is a real double standard about that is sexual molestation like yeah. Yeah.
1: an older per- a, an adult is taking advantage of a younger person and there's a real double standard yeah. it is weird because if you look at it this way what if you just told the story like has you not led into it this way but just simply hey man i'm just bummed and depressed today because i heard the following story this teacher at so-and-so school had sex with a 16 year old you know the teacher was like mentoring them and hanging out with them. And then he eventually took advantage of the student. And that, that was, if you you left out the genders and you just told the story and you were envisioning in your mind what had happened. And it was a, you would be envisioning a male sleeping with a female student or three of, them. a lot of these cases, it's one teacher sleeps with two or three of the students. And if that was a guy teacher who was 20, let's say he was 27 years old and he slept with two or three different 16 year old girls then that would be, that the, the crime, the penalty, the outrage, everything would be immensely more. And, and it wouldn't matter whatsoever to you if, if it was like, yeah, but those girls wanted it. Oh. That's like yeah, a dream right. for them to get that experienced older man that had good-looking pecs, and he was strong, and he taught, you know, that was, I mean, they, they trust me, they loved it. I mean, there would this still be me. no excuse. I mean, you would go insane. Yeah, this is the same. They need to get a har- harsher penalty. So they're penalties that they get. Oh, for sure. They
3: always get 18 months or something if it's a female. Well, this falls into the same category. I remember a guy in college, and he was saying this stuff, and I just about wanted to bust his face in because he had sex with a lot of girls, and he was saying it in a braggy way, but then he would talk about the girls that he was with in a she's very slutty and, oh, she's so easy, and talking very derogatory about that girl and yet making himself to be the man and i think that's the same thing i mean that's uh, like society they see loose girls as oh they're slutty where they see guys that get around as oh yeah he's the man sort of thing the ladies that man sucks or but that's just how culture but that's is.
2: my thing why is that why is that
3: what is that like I, be, because you wouldn't i mean you're right it, it'd be way better for the
2: guy if he was just considered a slut Right, because the if, the if the or or you know messed up or too sexual or whatever. Because Matt's right, the penalties for a twenty-seven-year-old female sleeping with a sixteen-year-old boy are less. Oh, if, way less. If, unless
3: it way less than if the gender was swapped. Yeah, I think there's a lot of reasons for it, and I think one huge one, and uh, this is gonna, I don't know, offend some, and so I do want to pre-qualify by saying I don't think that you can make a blanket statement about males nor females. There's always exceptions just like they uh, I mean, we, we know this, but I do think that generally males are wired up a certain way to be the pursuer, to be the one that, uh, is driven with a higher sex drive. Uh, females are way more, uh, tied to their emotions so they can get, way more uh, messed up by someone that sleeps with them and then moves on. So there really is more, when you think of male and female, you think of predator prey. So it's hard not to still think of a young dude in more of the aggressive, even though I know the female teacher is the one that goes after the the little guy. It's hard to remove that. That is completely
1: predatory, though, of the the female. It just has to be.
3: Yeah, yeah, but if if we're talking about a fifteen-year-old boy, you know that it was it, it didn't take much pursuing. <laughs> so I th- I think if you take I, I the, don't know the 20- I don't mean
1: like you said you can say whatever you want about a general group, but you don't know how that applies in any way to an individual or individual situation. So I guess I don't, what I'm saying you don't though know is that. you don't know that he was I, all I into it. You might have, you know talk him into think, it, all that stuff.
3: I think there is some valid merit to uh, society seeing it differently. I know that's horrible, but I, I guess, uh, I'm maybe the asshole here that is chauvinistic. You actually or think it is different. It, it's, it, you're it, saying and, and that and a 16
2: year old guy wants to have sex and a 16 year old girl doesn't see. That's what, that, that's the only thing I don't like about it is that would, that implies that the 27 year old man that sleeps with a 17 year old woman or 18 year old woman or whatever, um, Right under, say right under the age of consent or whatever, then that means he lured her. He's a predator. He's the bad guy. But the woman isn't. That's what M- Matt's kind of saying. I would is. almost argue Couldn't the opposite. she be of that? the predator too.
1: No, in fact, I'm going to say because it goes against societal norms, you can almost bet that a 30 year old, a 28 year old female trying to sleep with a teenage boy, that must be a damaged, hurt individual i'm not make, making fun of them they, they must be some, doing something that's yeah. that's weird that's that's not normal and it right. is uh clearly something predatory or or flawed in in that person however it's actually not that crazy for a 27 year old guy to be attracted to and want to sleep with a 16 year old girl that's actually sounds more normal to me so less damage less predatory more nat- more natural to tell you the truth
2: Okay, well, yeah. Yeah, I I think some people really, really uh, critique men in a bad way. They go, how dare a guy be attracted to a 17-year-old girl? But I mean, it, going back to your point, Joey, our society has girls who are 16 years old dressing like 21, 23-year-old right. women and with the bodies of those same women. Right. You know what I mean? It's not like their bodies are that much different. So it, it's not as simple as that guy's a pig if you put a 17-year-old girl beside a 21 year old woman a lot of times they won't look hardly any different right and then the idea would be tell yourself not to be attracted to that or something right. like that because of the implications and it might it's wrong and all those things well a 16 year old boy let's, does
1: not look the same as a 25 year old right you're right that's that's what i'm let's, saying it's way more really off point. it's more let's off bring this point the other's more normal
3: let's bring this point home toby you have uh two girls and a boy yep what's more devastating Oh yeah right. Your girl coming yeah, yeah. home and saying that's I slept a good point. with a teacher or your boy coming oh. home as I mean you, 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 you would have be a said yeah, yeah, about yeah. either one but totally. you be devastated about your daughter. Totally
2: but but I think Matt makes a good point. It's very interesting that somebody would put themselves in a position of power over people that they might potentially be attracted to. They might not even realize <laughs> I don't that, don't that think that that's weird like at all. These, these I think
1: teachers, it's the but, most common no, but, thing on earth.
2: <laughs> that's what I'm saying like it, 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 it just shows you that you, they people are doing that intentionally to to con- use power. Yeah. Though yep. the get, the get themselves in a power position to where they can use people. Well, so they find themselves regardless, into that I mean, role. It, female just, stuff is really, way
1: underreported. I'm telling you, watch and check your babysitters. Don't go. Oh, it's just a girl. It's fine. No, creep women find their way into childcare, and you're going to see more yeah. of it. Pay attention. Are you talking about I'm like
3: uh, molesters? Absolutely. Yeah.
1: Tons of it. Oh, you'll yeah. see it it's more and more, more, more and more. And there are plenty of women in their 20s and 30s who abuse children sexually. Plenty of them. yeah, and guess what and, industry and a, they're in?
2: Oh, totally. And to back up Matt's point, though, I, we I would want to be clear in saying I bet a lot of these people have been have experienced some form of abuse themselves. Oh, you know? of course. And so yeah. then they play that out and project that on yeah, to their, their next the person they're praying upon.
1: But I, I just so think just, overall, I was thinking about that though, too. I saw that story. I just think that equality thing is really interesting. I just think it's a, a compelling topic to think through because inevitably we're on a road to more and more uh gender equality and uh, as as well as all the other stuff going on so f- pay attention to it. it's really it's kind of the most interesting stuff in it's some of the most interesting stuff because stuff's gonna change like do you know my wife works she has a good job and and you know it's like it's cool i'm, I'm excited for my daughter to be born in this time she's a, a mixed race little girl and so this is the best time she could ever be born in all of history like take yeah. her back 50 years, she'd be a weirdo and and a female at that. Take her back a couple hundred. Any time in history, it'd be way worse. Like, I'm excited for her and to live in a time where, who knows? I mean, she can do whatever. And that's neat because I never even thought of that much until now. But I'm telling you, there's so many interesting things. And one of them I was thinking about is uh, maternity leave is weird. Like the one where women don't get as good of jobs or make 80 cents on the dollar or have the glass ceiling or whatever they say. I'm telling you. That here, here's something I think is going to have to happen there, and I'm not being a jerk or silly. I'm making a real point. I believe that you got to start giving paternity leave. I believe that's where we got to go. If there was paterni- paid paternity leave equal to maternity leave, that's what I need as a dad. That's what uh, moms need, and I think that will be actually help females gain equality in the workplace because th- that way the boss. Because I, I swear, like Bridget, we had a baby she took a bunch of time off and was paid and we're going to hopefully have another baby and she'll take more time off and if i'm a boss i'm thinking well if all things being equal i'd rather hire a man because they have to cover for her and do all this weird stuff and it's not as good when she's gone so if the men had paternity leave too then you could actually choose equality i think men deserve paternity leave i'm not that's not because i'm a uh a male uh you know anti-feminist i'm saying make it equal let's do it let's really figure out how to do that
2: i actually think that's a pretty good idea i didn't think of it that way but you're right it would level the playing field for a a female who at some point would maybe is, is choosing or wants to get pregnant that wouldn't be held against them because even if you're a no. guy now the the big the big things go to then what does that look like? Do you, would they say, would you have to be married or you don't have to be married? Like, what if you just knock up somebody, you know, like
1: well, you went partying one night and all that stuff, you get, you well, get to I'm, leave? Well, benefits, for the most part, are all voluntary by the company. They're not so much mandated, and right. the best companies will do it first before the government tells them they have to do it. You'll see right. that, I'm sure. But it, you ha- it's an inevitable conclusion of equality. That's all I'm saying. I don't know how it works out. But, of course, it'd be for married or non-married. If you're going to have a kid and you're with it, your, your company will want to take care of you and you've got to give you the paternity leave make it equal well the,
2: the the big thing that is immediately the big pushback will be every woman who has ever had a child will immediately push back and go, yeah, the dude doesn't do anything anyway. Well, I'm trying to help them. The paternity leave will be be him sitting there playing video games, (laughs) watching ESPN. It's not like the dad's going to get paternity leave and start changing diapers and cleaning and washing dishes and all that stuff. That's that's not a a dude. It's a quality. (laughs) That would almost be a slap in the face like... If I got paternity leave and Jess is feeding the bait on stuff, I'm just sitting there watching ESPN. she's like, "Screw look, you!
1: You get this. Look, All if, you did was inseminate me, and now you get time off of work." If Bridget can get a couple of more raises, if Bridget can get a couple of more raises, and then my career falls through inevitably, which it inevitably will, it's headed that way. Well, then, it's a train wreck. Then, think then, about it. All then, you had then to she'll do have to enough get to paternity. afford. Then she'll have enough. We'll have enough money to afford like a full time nanny. You know what I mean and then i'll be I'll just stay at home and I'll get a nanny
2: <laughs> that would be amazing that's so what rich, that's what get...
1: reverse couples do that's what rich other couples do and nobody I would be a bum people would think I was the biggest loser in the world if I had a house cleaner a nanny and Bridget worked and I did not that's what I would be the biggest <laughs> bum in the world but if I had a big job made a couple hundred thousand dollars a year three hundred thousand let's say then we would have a nanny and a house cleaner in a nice house, and nobody – that would be fine. Wouldn't
2: it? Nobody would think that Bridget's a bum if she didn't right. work. You mean. Right. Yeah.
1: Yeah, you're right. You're I right. I don't know. Just nobody interesting so I stuff. I think there's so many interesting things, and <laughs> I, I think of it so much just because I have a daughter, and it's neat. It's interesting.
2: Yeah. I agree.
1: I did want to say one last thing
2: about teachers hooking up with boys, though. I do believe it's a lie that there is no lasting effects. I think that oh, does yeah. – that 16-year-old boy that ends up having sex with a older woman – I've known dudes that maybe not a teacher, maybe a teacher, but you know I don't want to go into details. But also <laughs> with like a married woman, an older married woman, and that affected them for a while. Still, oh, like, yeah, hey, can you imagine feel regret and maybe they shouldn't have done that and this and this and that and that. So it's not like the guy has sex and it's only just high fives. There, no. There's some lasting stuff there. No, here's so. the
1: here's how they, exactly that plays out. I would imagine is you think you that's crazy you might even like it at the time but I, you would not be able to handle that as a 16 year old thinking that so now your identity is going to become sex guy master at sex so what are you going to do next and I mean right. you, you know you, your your yeah. self image is, is is damaged you're most likely going to be a very promiscuous uh, teenager and adult from that point on no matter
2: what but now there's a bunch of dudes listening right now going yeah but I just I would take that Yep. <laughs> <laughs> I would take all the shame and humiliation just to hook up with Miss
3: Jensen.
1: Fair so, enough, Miss
3: Jensen. <laughs> anyway,
2: all right. Well, let's bring on our guest. We have a very, very more sexual male <laughs> guest here from the female point of view, <laughs> right? No, this John is Shanti. Yep. Sh- nope, Shanti. yep. Nope. Shanti. Right. Shanti that i know joey said it but we have shanti feldhan on and uh we are excited to have her she and craig gross have written a book together and it's about men and sex and their visual nature and uh i'm kind of excited it sounds like she kind of gets our back a little bit you know girls just go oh you got a dirty male mind this is terrible but maybe we don't man maybe we have heart too i mean yeah so what if
3: we have raging boners all the time let's
2: (laughs) really get past that and get to our
3: hearts. So, without any further ado, Shanti Felton and Craig Gross. Today's music sponsors are our buddies Artifacts Pareo. And man, did they put on a
2: hell of a live show! Yes, they do. So don't miss it when they come through your area. Let's check out a track from their latest record called "Libel for Tragedy."
4: Little choice we had then, nothing but choices to make now. <laughs>
2: Artifacts pareo they'll be on tour nationwide with Stolos from now until the end of August. So be sure to check out those dates by going to the band's Facebook page or by visiting Toothandnail.com. Again, that was the track from our friend Artifacts Pereo. Go to Toothandnail.com and check them out. That junk was good.
1: Shanti, when did you, how did you and Craig get connected and meet in the first place?
0: Well, actually, it was interesting because, um... We had both worked with a literary agent named Esther Federkevich mm-hmm. and uh, she had seen Craig speak, and she had read my book, For Women Only, and uh, came, came up to him and said, Okay, we really need to have a book that deals with this whole issue of what it means that men are visual, because um, I had tackled it in my books, and of course, Craig tackles it all the time with Triple X Church, and so that she just connected the two of us. It was awesome.
1: Great.
3: That's so, cool. It's, yeah. You know, it's my, something
5: like, you know, hearing from somebody that doesn't even represent Shanti and Shanti sold a lot of books. And so she said, you should write a book with Shanti. So, you know, you're like, yeah, that'd be good. Yeah. That's, you're going to make that happen. And so she made it happen. <laughs> and, um, it's been a fun, fun kind of journey. We sat down, at, I think at a conference Shanti was speaking at years ago and, I didn't know this. I just i I was familiar with for women only and for men only, which I think are the two most popular books Shanti's written. And but I didn't know because I didn't know Shanti that this chapter in the book was so controversial. I read it and was like, yeah, duh, guys are visual. But I guess Shanti said some women had quite a hard time with it. But then our friend was like, you guys should write a whole book about this. So. I don't know what that says about the book that we just wrote. If if people are going to even find that more controversial, but
1: well, what, what's the nature <laughs> of the controversy around that? Men are visual. That that is a controversial statement. You found Shanti.
0: Oh my goodness! No, here's the problem. It's not the statement is controversial because everybody knows that. Um, they don't, but the problem is women don't know what it means, and okay. so when I start telling them what it means, some percentage of women kind of flip out about <laughs> it. Honestly, um, and and it's the funniest thing because, and this is one of the things that made Craig and I realize, okay, this really does have to be a book, is that it's really easily misunderstood, mm-hmm. and so we get all the time these emails and phone calls in when we're doing radio interviews or whatever. With women just getting so furious at me because they think I'm excusing poor behavior Mm -hmm. just because I'm explaining, no, no, this is how men are wired. This is how they think. You know, men have to make choices, obviously, of how you handle things. But I feel compelled to explain to women that just having some of these temptations and having this visual nature this is how guys are wired. Well, give us yeah. an
1: example of that. Like, what a spe- what is a specific statement that they think you're letting guys off the hook or giving them an endorsement by saying?
0: Oh my gosh, I could like pick about half the statements. Um, it really, here's here's one of the main ones. I spend a lot of time as a woman, you know, talking to women's groups, right? So it's just close the door, just us girlfriends here, <clears throat> to have a frank conversation. And when we have that kind of frank conversation, one of the things I explain when I explain that men are visual is that men, honorable men, don't really want to be having these temptations to kind of look over here or this woman is dressed in a way that is like an eye magnet and he wants to honor God in his thought life. He wants to, you know, honor the other woman. He wants to honor his wife. And so I say, you know, gals, we need to take responsibility that this has some implications for how we present ourselves and the type of stuff we choose to wear well you would think that i'd suggested going back to communism or something because (laughs) i mean it's it's just unbelievable the the reaction that we get from some women who say the equivalent of me saying girls we need to take responsibility for how we dress a lot of women apparently think that that means by definition i'm saying it's our fault Uh uh-huh as women. It's not his responsibility. It's our responsibility. And the message of the book is actually it's both. We both have a responsibility here. We can't, we can't avoid it.
3: Yeah. It's crazy. Like I, uh, was listening to or or watching the little promo video about your book. And I, I know this sounds super cheesy, but it's actually pretty touching as a dude that struggles in this area and a a guy that knows other guys, obviously that struggle in this area and just seeing that constant struggle and to have an advocate of the opposite sex that really and truly cares. Like it's, I'm sitting there and I'm like, man, that's really, really cool. And, and sort of a touching way. And I was going to ask you about, uh, you know, whether that was unpopular with the ladies and you've already answered that. But let me let me ask you this. Do you <laughs> think do you think that sometimes your explanations of how men operate does let them off the hook in their minds?
0: You mean in the men's minds, let's men off the hook?
3: Yeah. Do you think that they could listen to you and be like, oh, cool. So it this this is a struggle and that's OK. I can just let loose.
0: Yeah, and I have to be real careful about that. It's one of the reasons why I was so glad that when Esther brought this up and connected me and Craig together that I had Craig on the guy's side because I am so used to talking just to women about this where where I have a built-in excuse. We're not talking about what the guys should do. They have their own responsibility, but ladies, this is a book for you that talks about what you should do, and I've been saying that for years with For Women Only and Now Through a Man's Eyes, but you're right, to the extent that a guy is listening in on what I'm telling the women, it, it, he could take that as like, yeah, okay, cool, you know I can do whatever. And that's uh, that's the, the downside of you know just speaking to one group is that other people could hear the wrong thing, which is why I'm glad that Craig is over there doing what he's doing um, to help the guys to say no, there, there really is two sides here. And yeah. And what I tell the women, to be quite honest, I mean what I tell the, the women is, Again, we both we both have responsibilities here. And the problem has been, I personally think, is we have done a lot of hammering of men, mm-hmm. especially in the church community. We we talk about this all the time. Men know what their responsibilities are. They may not always do it, but they know what their responsibilities are. And I don't think that we've been necessarily quite as direct with the women. So you're critical it really of to that be with the men. It.
1: The critical Say it of the, again? You're critical of the approach to just constantly hammer on men and just make them grow up no, or whatever that is. You I, li- or, I think or we need both. Mm-hmm.
0: I, I totally think we need both. You can't have it be one-sided, and I think to some degree it has been a bit one-sided.
1: Do you think we should be harder on women? When you talk women? about
2: a, a, a woman's responsibility, I, I kind of wanted to go with that a little bit further. How far can you take that? Like, like, Are you saying that just just to clarify like how how far should should all women be dressed like muslim women or something would that be better <laughs> uh, you, you know what i mean i know that's a little bit far reaching but what how far do you take it hey
0: listen just just to clarify that first of uh, most sort of importantly we're we're not saying that there's some sort of rule obviously I mean, it's what we talk about throughout the book is ultimately it's a matter of the heart, right? Where my job is to try to open women's eyes because I can promise all of you men who are on this with me that I know you don't necessarily believe me, but I'm going to tell you a very true statement, which is if you're at, for example, a church and you see a woman who's dressed with the cleavage down to there or she's got the tight pants or whatever. And you're like, I just want to concentrate on what the (laughs) <laughs> t- the preacher is saying or i just want to worship and four rows in front of me you know there's this eye magnet or whatever i can almost guarantee you with like and this is probably about 90 percent or more that i can almost guarantee you that that woman has absolutely no clue yeah mm-hmm. what you're thinking and that she would never ever want to cause a brother to stumble she would never want to have to put that kind of stumbling block in anybody's way she just doesn't realize and so my job and craig's job in the book is to open women's eyes so that they really understand what you guys see every day and so that they understand some of the wiring and then there's no need for a rule really because it's more of a matter of whoa i just didn't know and then the heart takes over hopefully and they'll make the adjustments that they would have wanted to make had they known that all along
4: yeah.
3: you said um, one thing in in the book uh, I don't know if I'm getting the quote perfect but it says we need to have and you're speaking to women we need to have our eyes open to this we need to know what to do and understand it basically in regards to how men work and then you said women need to be a safe place or they need to be safe what 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 does it mean for a let's say specifically a wife to be? A safe place for her husband in this area of struggle.
0: Well, listen, Craig can speak to this too because one of the things he we talk about in the book that he feels pretty passionately about is how you know making sure that a a wife is approachable. And this is what I tell women, but I'll be curious to hear what he says. Um, What I tell women from a woman's side is that truly most men wish that they could talk to their wife about this if they knew that she would understand and not freak out.
4: Mm-hmm, yeah.
0: And, and that honestly, we, it's interesting. One of the very first TV interviews we did on the book, the TV producer confessed. He hadn't had a chance to read the whole book, you know, doing the usual producer thing, just had dipped into it a little bit. And he said, I'll confess privately. I don't want my wife to read this. And I said, really? How, how come? And he said, because she, there's no way she'd understand. She's gonna, She would freak out. It would just make it so much more difficult. There's just no way. And I said, okay, well, let me ask a question. If, if you knew that your wife would actually understand, that she would have some sort of compassion, that she would get it, you know, whatever your choices or actions were, she would understand what comes behind it, would you then want her to know? Would you want her to be able to talk about it with you and he looked at me like it was nuts and said yeah of course <laughs> and I said that's the point mm-hmm. is is honestly is for us as women to be able to understand this enough that we can have that sense of compassion that we don't freak out um, and that a guy feels able and Craig you you have a whole thing in the book about what a woman can do right
5: yeah and that's the part where you know it's tough like Guys, you, you know, you could probably relate when your wife's reading some book. Um, there's a lot of stuff out there that, um, we didn't want this book to be, you know, where it's sitting on her nightstand and you're like, you know, how to deal with your husband's porn problem or how to deal with your husband. <laughs> you know, like you'd kind of cringe going, gosh, my wife's reading this book about me. Um, we didn't want that. We didn't want this to be, yeah. um, you know, a book like that in any way. And so I I think to me, I tried to go out of my way to say, I might be crazy here. I don't, I don't think I am, but guys, you want your wives to read this book because Shanti says things that she doesn't just make up. I mean, she's a researcher and there's proven facts here. And then I'm a guy. So even if I'm not the smartest, I'm just another guy that's going to say yes to what Shanti just said. Like, yes, she's right. That's what guys think. And I think it's a safe way for a woman to read this. And maybe if a guy's had a tough time explaining this, I think between Shanti and I, we've done a better job of maybe trying to explain what you haven't been able to. Mm-hmm. And so, I don't I put in the book, like, be, because Shanti and I were going back and forth, like, well, how do we approach this topic? Like, we don't want women reading this book without their men Knowing this, and so I even wrote a letter inside the book that said, Hey, my name's Craig, your (laughs) wife's reading this book, and it's okay. And we actually think this is a good thing that she's interested in finding out more about you. And I think that's the whole purpose here. Like, gosh, God's wired us a certain way, it's not a bad thing, Uh, even though Shanti, you know, said earlier, like, sometimes it's portrayed always so negative that guys are are like this, but do you think it's a fair statement? And and I think it's a good thing to, but it's it's hard to navigate that. It's hard to navigate like if this is an uncomfortable talk in your marriage or in your relationship. Um, how you reading a book? I, I think could help this, but ultimately you guys have to have this conversation.
3: I mean, do you think it's a fair statement to say that? you're trying to make this struggle less of a big deal?
0: Mm, I don't know that I would say that exactly. I think a better way of saying it is to make this struggle more understandable for women. Because right now it's absolutely incomprehensible to most women because we're wired so differently. There is, women don't get, how could you ever find looking at those pictures on the internet appealing like it means it means you don't love me it means i'm not attractive enough for you and we're what we're what we're trying to explain in the book is literally a there's a different type of brain wiring there's a something that happens in the brain that you as a woman don't know so you know and so we explain here's what happens in the male brain that literally there is no parallel function in the female brain. So we've never had this experience. So we explain that, and we say, and because of this, the male brain in today's culture is constantly being stimulated by these sights and images that his brain wants to enjoy the sight of. It's just he doesn't want to, right? It's not accidental that that
1: happens, because that's the the very reason that men's, the very fact that men's brains are that way. The culture and media and stuff uh, functions well by playing to that. So you know, it's that's part yeah. of the same <laughs> yeah. thing. Well, yeah,
0: well, and what we what we say is, you know, God designed men this way, and he, and a lot of women look at me like I'm crazy, and I say, look, truly, the all these sites that are out there that men are seeing in public, all of those things, ultimately, originally, the intention was for that to only be seen. between a man and his wife and that that would be this amazing bonding experience and it would it would constantly keep her at the forefront of his mind when he's out hunting you know two days away and got to get home you know that that kind of that kind of attraction and bonding and the emotional stimulation that comes with that that is a very good thing between a husband and a wife it's just that all these other things have tried to intervene and so as a result Men are faced with temptations they never wanted to face. And it is incredibly important that we add into the conversation, not just, hey, men, you need to control yourselves. You know, men, you need to be real careful about what you're looking at. Men, you need to take your thoughts captive. All of that is true. But we need to add into that conversation. And you know what? I don't know that a man in today's culture can really truly get victory over this if his wife isn't supportive how would you mention not to mention that moms need to know this to help guide their sons
3: yeah that's huge right there because i think a mom is going to be way more understanding to her son (laughs) you know because if her son's struggling it's not necessarily against her you know where i think a, a wife has a harder time seeing that how would you react um because obviously I would imagine that you and your husband are y'all are leading you know by example with being open in this what would you do if your husband said hey you know what the last two years I've been lying to you and I've been miserably addicted to porn I'm sorry like how would you react
0: Yep, and that is a Exactly what many women hear, unfortunately. And here's basically, there's two different things. We, we talk about this in the book in sort of a general way. And then, of course, the more important, more personal answer, obviously, is you really, really need to seek counsel from someone who's a specialist yeah. who can guide people through that because they've guided 200 other couples through it. But in general, one of the most important things that we tell women is, a, it is very okay to be incredibly disappointed and hurt. There's, It's not like we're skating over the fact that that's a betrayal. Because right. it is a betrayal, especially the fact that he was lying to you for two years and pretending this wasn't a problem or just not ever dealing with this. And this is in your marriage now. That It's okay to be devastated by that and hurt. However, to recognize... He, That most men who are wrestling with that, especially if they have some sort of sincere faith beliefs and they really want to follow God, most men hate that struggle. They want to be free of it. They don't want to be trapped like that. And so to get free, a man needs to do a few things. And one of them, you know, one of them is seeking out accountability, support, all that kind of stuff. You know, the men's group at church, counseling, whatever that looks like. But. The other thing is that really he needs the support of his wife. He needs his wife to say, I believe in you. I, I believe that you can get free of this. And I know you love me. And I'm, and I'm not going to you know, say that this is okay because it's not. But even while you're dealing with this, I can look at all these other things over here and say, you know what? You are an amazing father. You're an amazing yeah. man. I know you're going to do this. And there is no way to overstate the importance of that. And right now, a lot of men don't have that because they feel like they can't talk to their wives. And that's the whole point behind why we wrote the book.
4: I think so...
5: it's Toby or Joey or all of you. Um, you're at the airport. <laughs> Just for you guys saying, man, you're aware of that. You mention it. I'm not pretending your wife's listening to all your podcasts because if your wives are like mine, they probably don't want to listen to you all the time but you're you're actually saying that out loud like wow there's a girl walk by or there's a struggle here and I think that idea for so many men you know a girl could walk right by you in front of your wife and it's like there'll just be silence like let's just pretend we didn't see her and she was wearing, she was falling out of her top.
1: Y'all ever get that thing where you see a, a girl, like a girl walks in front of you and your wife and then and then she might be sexual-looking or, or dressed immodestly and then your sexual wife... Sexual-looking. Yes. I, know, you know, <laughs> I didn't want to say slutty is what I thought that about saying. I just didn't want to <laughs> say Yeah, look a at that sexual-looking
2: person over
1: here. <laughs> and then, but you know the thing, where you, your wife will, you, she'll walk in front of you and your wife will jerk her head around sideways to look and see, did you look or not? Did you look at the girl's butt well, or something? Well,
2: does a thing where I think she tries to be real sly about it, like to see if she can catch me. Like, I, you know, we'll see a girl and she doesn't, she doesn't whip her head or anything. Just like, I'll, I'll, I'll be like, uh Oh, I think it what's really funny is you have some kind of male radar. And I, I Shanti, I don't know if this is when you talk about visual, but there's like almost, it seems like to me, there's no way I won't miss a, uh, <laughs> scantily clad female. It, 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 sometimes I've, I've like asked Can't God to it. take that away from me. Like, it, it's like, there's no chance. It doesn't matter if there is a thunder and lightning storm and hardly any visibility, I somehow out of the corner of my eye I will see the woman in the tight red dress. Well, like and no I,
3: and chance. I've, and I've heard someone and I've heard someone describe it this way too. Once you see that person, you're aware of her presence even if you can't see her. Like if you're in the grocery right. store, you're constantly like, That girl is here. <laughs> yeah, <I know.
0: laughs> yeah, guys guys have told me that they're like you know, she's in here somewhere, you know, and, and I'm constantly aware of it. And honestly, you guys aren't abnormal at all. Because in our it's interesting in our surveys, the guys all said that, I mean, the men who wanted to be honorable, right? I mean, there's certain kinds of guys who just don't care, and not right, look yeah. at anything, but the men who really wanted to respect women who wanted to honor women, I kept hearing men say things like, I wish that there was like, you know, a pair of magic sunglasses (laughs) I could put (laughs) on and it would block out those sights the way that it blocks out the UV rays of the sun, you know, because it's, you can't not notice. And I tell women as an example of that, imagine that I were to write on the whiteboard, you know, imagine we're sitting in a classroom or something and I write on the whiteboard, don't read this.
4: Right. Like exactly. your brain that's just exactly reads right. it. Yeah. Like there's
0: no way it can't read it. It's, it's yeah. just read it. And I said, that's what it's like for a woman, for a, for a man who's living with a visual brain. And that's what we women don't get and need to.
1: Well, Shanti, seriously, how did you get this in tune? How, how did you gain this understanding of, of, of men like this?
0: <laughs> yeah, you're, well, you're like
1: the Yoda of men. <laughs>
0: <laughs> some some people have told me I'm like the defense attorney for the male ego. There you go. But That's I'm it. like, really? Okay, so, you know, and I don't think they meant that as a compliment, but I took that as a compliment. Um, you know, it's interesting. I actually, this, this all came up about 13 years ago. I was, probably more than that now, I was writing a novel. I know this sounds completely funny, but I was writing this, you know, fiction book, and one of my main characters was a guy. And I started to realize I had no idea how to put thoughts in his head. And one of the things that, that this main character was confronting was, you know, these kinds of images that guys see every day. And I was telling the story from the perspective of a young woman who kind of gets trapped in the life of like strip clubs and that kind of thing. And I just wanted to show the internal thoughts of a guy who's around this young woman, even when she's trying to be appropriate, but she's giving off this kind of vibe and she's dressing in that way. Mm-hmm. And so I started asking guys, you know, what would you be thinking if this was you in this situation, just standing here talking to this woman who's dressed in this, you know, particular way, yeah. you know, low cut top or something. And as these guys started telling me what they'd really be thinking, I'm like, are you serious? Like I, as a woman, I was shocked. Yeah. And, and these were honorable, godly men, my husband, our male friends. And so that's where I started to go, whoa. And I did more of these interviews and started asking other men, you know, here's another type of scene in the book. What would you be thinking if this was you, if you were this character? And, and I think the men felt more safe to share what they were thinking because I wasn't asking them about them. Right. I was saying this male character, see, you know, what would he be thinking? And, and honestly, that's where it all opened up for me. And that's what ended up leading to me doing all this research and led me down this whole nother path for my life that mm-hmm. I've been on since.
1: Well, that's really neat. That, I think that, that explains something that's really important there. That, the, I think the disconnect is, and even here, it's driving me a little bit crazy because I feel like we're being too vague for, for our audience. So I'm going to make an attempt to be even more specific here because, because I think it'll be helpful. But I think the biggest problem is, like you said, women don't know uh, what men really would think, or they'd be shocked to know this, or they'd be shocked to know that. And that's because you would be totally embarrassed for people to hear hear that stuff because I don't... I don't want to do those things as a husband. I don't want to do those things as a man of God. I know they're not good for me, but it happens. And I do feel those impulses, and I do have it. I'm speaking for more than just myself here. But, for instance, when you talk about the girl sitting in front of you, even in church, it is not uncommon for people, if they're struggling at all, if they're slipped at all in discipline, when they see a woman, not because of necessarily what she's dressed, it's not her fault, but if I let my thoughts slip, what i'll do is i'll look at a woman i'll imagine what her boobs really look like and i'll imagine in an instant two or three sexual positions and and imagine myself doing stuff with that woman that's how bad it is and that's how qu- it can go there in just a second and so
0: and that's what many that's men have what told it me is. That's, that's what that we're is talking about that is the standard thing that's and and i'm glad you said that because there are women listening to this right now whose jaws just hit the floor right because <laughs> they seriously because again we do not have the equivalent wiring in the female mm-hmm. brain so literally there is nothing in the female brain and i'm sorry to disappoint all of you husbands out there but there is nothing in a female brain that looks at your husband and pictures him naked like it just doesn't happen yeah and a lot of men are like really like that's a very sad thing for mm-hmm. them but, but kind of makes me
5: mad at the lord <laughs> 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 but, I hey, I, but even be, that's why when you think, think about the other porn, thing here, you know, and we talk about that a, a bit in the book, like yeah. most men that, you know, before maybe they're, say, really struggling with porn, you could be on Facebook, see a, uh, a link to, you know, a TMZ article or, hey, here's a 4th of July shot from somebody in a bikini, and you click on it because man, it seems safe and it seems like, oh, that's just a little bit. Right. But then, you know, 10 minutes later, you found yourself on this porn binge and, you know, stopped working, stopped doing anything you were set out to do. It's not like you intended to go there. And I think that's where for a lot of men, it's just, it's, it's so easy. It's so easy now online where, where everything's just kind of one click away for your mind to go there and then for you act to, actually to act on those things. You know,
1: yeah, but I also don't want to blame the women though totally for this too. So it's not, it's not that I only get that way, and it's affecting me if some uh, scandal, you know scandalous woman dresses this way, and it's her fault. Now, and especially with non-Christian women and people that are, you know, I, I have no standard or way to tell people that don't believe the same or don't think that's a bad thing that they shouldn't be able to wear what they want to. So I do have a little bit of a problem, and I do understand why they'd push back on me saying, oh, I'm a horrible, filthy animal, and it's all your fault if I get going down that path. That feels a little bit funny to me
0: yeah well i mean and it's like any other standard of behavior right there's going to be something there we do as believers we have a command to look out not Mm -hmm. only for our own interests but also to the interests of others right so and we talk about that actually in the book and say you know this is this is one of those things that for us who are trying to follow what god asks us to do we as and again remember we're talking to women in the book and Mm -hmm. to say ladies For us as women, this is one of the main reasons we have to take this seriously. Um, And there are many others. I do a lot of corporate stuff. And what I focus on when I'm doing corporate things about how a woman dresses at the office, I use a a different way of appealing to her. And I show some studies that we've done and experiment that we did that show that when you're wearing cleavage, he's missing 25% of what you're saying. Mm -hmm. And literally, we've quantified that, that a man will miss 25% of what a woman is saying. If, you know, the boobs are showing. And it's just, there's, it's one of those things that you, you have to speak their language. But again, this is something that, yeah, we're not blaming women, but we are trying to help women just understand. This is what life is like for men in this culture. Well, one thing that
2: I think that you guys are are really, are are hitting really well on this. uh, Can y'all still hear me? Yeah, go ahead. Somebody calling in? That's Uh, great, go ahead. One thing that I think that you guys hit really well in this book that I do uh, really appreciate is, you, what, what you're saying is these men, all men are, are are a lot, you know, I know that's generalized but most men are wired this way and it's something that happens almost immediately. Sometimes you're, I, I, I'm like, oh no, I'm checking out this lady and I didn't even, re- I didn't want to do that. I just, it just, I just went there and one thing that I really appreciate that you guys are doing is saying that, you know, these guys are honorable because Craig, just like you were talking about with pornography or something like that, it, it wouldn't matter it, like that, that stuff does not affect, or it, it, it can, but I would Uh, do whatever I could for my wife and my family or anything like that. I would I would smash everything or, or, you know, go through a brick wall to help my family and all that stuff. And this is something that does make me weaker. And and I I appreciate you guys saying, hey, listen, this is embarrassing for the men. It's not something they're proud of. This is not something that they they want to adhere to or at the very least like I'm always concerned, like just with my son and my daughters. You know, I'm just thinking I I really want to be an upstanding guy to them to say, hey, listen, this isn't the right way. This is where I messed up. And I, and I want to be open and honest about my weaknesses, but really show that. So yeah. I do appreciate that, that it should be something that it, we can talk about more. And I like that you guys are saying, listen, these guys are honorable. They do care about you. This is this is a sin, uh, j- the same as other sins, in a, in a way of this doesn't affect that this guy loves you and loves your family and is going to work hard and wants to be honorable. It's just this does get him at this moment. So it, if you can understand that, then you can see this guy in a different light. Yeah,
5: hey, Shanti, yeah. Hey, this is interesting because um, the next uh, call coming in for these guys is going to be this interview with this guy named Diamond D. And, guys, you guys can talk to him all you want about this. This guy, Shanti, cut off his penis because of his addiction to sex. And I, I talked to him a couple weeks back, mm. and he said his addiction to sex and porn and all that is gone now. And and we didn't talk about this at all in the book, but I was just wondering. And I know you've you know done a lot of research, but have you ever thought? Like I've never talked to a guy that actually got rid of his penis, and now he doesn't struggle at all visually at all. Like nothing really gets him. And um, does that shock you or surprise? Not that anyone wants to go to those measures, but I no, was like, I mean, gosh, that's that's so crazy well, how that's just... all connected. You know, with your man parts.
0: Well, it's, well, it's, it's, it, all of this is a hormonal balance, right? I mean, this is one of the reasons not to like take us all the way back to biblical times, but this is one of the reasons that they put the eunuchs in in charge of the the king's concubines, right? Because, because they wouldn't struggle with that because it's like, Mm -hmm. okay, just buddies, no more visuals, no more visual temptation, no big deal. Because you've literally eliminated the physical, desire for that because the hormonal balance that's where it's controlled it's not just the brain right so
4: absolutely you
0: that's an example of a pretty extreme action i feel really bad that we've gotten to the point in this culture where a man has felt like he had to go to that length in order to avoid dishonoring god in his thought life that's just that is so sad but that's that's one of the things i try to tell women as much as it depends on us Gals, let's understand what this culture is like for our men. They are confronted. You guys are confronted with all this stuff you were never supposed to see except in private. And so that's the challenge that I have, the call to the women, to sort of step out in maturity and be willing to, to get this, to be willing to understand it, not just for the sake of a husband, but for our sons and say, okay, what can I do? Not just what can he do or he should do, but what can I do? to support him. And,
5: yeah, that's yeah, that's awesome guys, you know, was, guys buy the book. We're done. We're, we're, uh, we do recommend... Yeah, I'm getting ready to plug the book. We yeah, do recommend for your women yeah, to but, be able to have sex with the lights on. So that's a bonus that's going to come out of your wife reading this book.
3: <laughs> nice. <laughs> hey, and I would I would highly recommend... I was talking to Shanti uh, before the call and I, I was telling her how my wife and I both read for women only and for men only and, and it's super eye-opening to me about how women work as well i mean she's sold two million copies uh, for women only so huge recommendation there uh where can they get this newest book um shanti is it available now on amazon and well, kindle the, and yeah,
0: all that the, the website for it is men yeah, are visual.com
5: men are store yeah and it's out now it is out now
1: when yep the book is called Through a Man's Eyes by Shanti Feldon and Craig Gross. Thank you guys for doing the work of uh, bridging the gap between men and women and working together on this so we can understand each other better. We appreciate it very much. Thank you for being on the show today. Thanks, guys, for,
5: for having us. Yeah, thank you guys Absolutely. so much.
1: All right. That was
2: awesome. Shanti and Craig, man, you guys rule. What a great, 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 great interview that was all right guys well
3: you know earlier you're stupid man earlier in the podcast we, we talked about no, a lot hey, of stuff no toby and,
1: hang on a second let's just let joey what what are you trying to do right now joey go for it yeah go okay ahead. take it Listen, take it away joey this is you're under the spotlight you're interrupted just
2: toby to say it. what
3: go ahead you can do anything you want i think you're stupid yep but i love you i think you talk too loud but i love you and so, what I want to do is, I want to make you think about just how devoted of friends Matt and I are to you. You are one of the most unlikable but lovable people I've ever met in my whole entire yeah, life. Yeah,
1: definitely. You Keep going to take man. it up a notch. People are snoring. Keep it going.
3: You got. You got to get loose. You got
2: to go Keep filthy. You gotta do something. You're you're, you're, you're digging, digging this hole. now. Get yourself out. <laughs> Dig yourself out. <laughs> Your butthole smells. I, I smell it right it now. You're still not out. You're digging it deeper. <laughs> you're in to- deeper, Joey. Toby's
1: giving you a kind of a side I'm, out. He's lightening it up. Help, but, you know, yeah. quit digging the wrong yeah, direction. But see that-
2: You've dug yourself a hole. Here, no, here's People here, are snoring. They're asleep. They have no idea what you're doing. They don't even have any here's, clue. Here's the
3: problem, All though. All you said is I am stupid and I have a stinky butthole <laughs> for about a minute. Here's the problem, though, is you guys You guys called my bluff. I, what I was expecting was for Toby to be like,
1: shut up. Leave my news alone. How's anything about news? Yeah, I didn't even mention
3: it. Oh, I knew it was coming. I was trying to go to a sensitive part. I could smell it a mile away. Sorry.
2: I mean, I know you're saying I was stupid and everything. Uh, Man, stuff at home is really bad. (laughs) You
1: You don't like getting made fun of. I totally understand that. But let me give you a tip. Agree with people. Go forward with the people. And then oh, you'll get Matt, made fun you of. Oh,
3: I do that, but it's my job to give Toby hell about his news. So shut up.
1: Uh, let me give you. I'll give you some paid time off. Yep, you're get some <laughs> PTO for that.
3: I was looking for you guys to actually argue against me interrupting.
2: Yeah,
1: you're. You're right. We apologize on that. Thanks, Matt. I
2: sincerely apologize. I did want to say though That I meant every word I said When I was like Talking about you That I can't apologize for that Because I don't apologize For the truth Speaking of truth <laughs> In a world In a world Where even At Jellicles. the day of his birth He had cankles My name is Toby Moran, And this is The Damn News You got anything You want to say I got a lot I want to say. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> you want me to go? Do you have a lot you want to say? I was, i mean, I was totally joking. I never want to hear
3: what you have to uh, say during my new segment. Sure, if I you got, got it. Go for it, Joey. I don't All really. Right. I'll so back you up. This listen, isn't. Listen how mad I was the other day. I went to go see... It doesn't sound like news. It sounds like a Joey story. It's Joey News, my friend. Okay. It's news about Joey. We'll start, yep.
1: start with the title of the story, the source or something at least.
3: Source is coming this is, from... This is Joey Svensson from NAJ. No, this news is... News about Joey. This is Virgilsvenson.com.. Okay. Uh, so basically, listen to this. Listen how angry I was. I was sitting at a movie theater on a date day with my daughter. The theater is not crowded at all. All right. A lady comes in. All right. So basically, I had to use the restroom. Yeah. Number two. Right. So Nope. So I'm coming back into the theater, (laughs) and a lady was coming into the theater late with like 15 kids to take up a whole row. Good Lord. The theater is almost empty, and I walk into the theater to her yelling at Gwenny saying, little girl, scoot over. I was like, what in the yeah. world? So I'm standing there, and all of a sudden, all these kids are filing in, and I can't say, I can't make a big scene in the yeah. theater because there are other people in there, and I couldn't say, hey, guys, stop. What are you doing? There's yeah. so many roads you can take. And so Gwenny, she's just laid back. She turns around at me, and she just puts her hands up in the air for me to grab her. But I, I, I realized my iPhone is when one of these cup holders and I can't find where the iPhone is or my sunglasses. And so I look at the lady and I'm just like, hey, I, I need to find my iPhone and my sunglass case ignores me. Dude, I was sitting there in the theater because I picked Gwynny up and then we sat in a, a row back and I was just like, I was fuming. I was so freaking angry. And I really thought that I was going to have to go to that lady and say, why in the world did you tell my daughter to move and not acknowledge me? Why did you pick that row? But I seriously sat there and I was like, I guess this is what it means to turn the other cheek. So if you open your Bible verse or your Bibles to uh, Matthew uh, chapter five, I I actually don't know where the verse is. He says to turn the other cheek. Now, does that mean when you're getting punched in the face over and over and over that you just let people do that? What movie did you say? Josh dies of showbread. He would say yes, but I would say no. But I did believe that this was an example of me having to turn the other cheek because there was nothing I could do. Did you get your phone before? you sat down yeah oh yeah i had to find it but Did i didn't see think there was any out? good that could come out of this how would you guys have handled that after the theater would y'all because i was just like if i confront her and she's an asshole she's not gonna say sorry it's just gonna be a bad situation but if i confront her and she really was oblivious and she's just like i wasn't thinking then i make her feel bad there just wasn't any anything i could do that would I think, have been I think good. you just said, hey, these are our seats. You could have picked anywhere else
2: in the theater and you sat in our seats. I'm going to move so we don't have to sit by you guys. Oh, yeah, on rude. the spot. But yeah. but that would have been a big scene to the rest of the And then I there. would have probably uh, pooped in the seat that I was sitting in. Yeah, I would have farted
1: as much as possible during the movie.
2: But this doesn't really seem like news. No, that was a great news it's story. Definitely not really news. That's right. a story. You're right about a story, but it's not a news story.
1: Okay, well, Let's, let's yeah. hear your well, story. Well, I mean, do
2: you understand
3: what news is?
1: Yeah, yeah I mean, like, do you? Actually- <laughs> you waited till after the news music rolled to begin that. D-
3: yes i mean sometimes do, it's the only opportunity do you understand what news is though like the concept of news yes i watch it on tv but news with toby is not news it's no it is it's
2: actually called news with it's
3: called the damn news in fact right it's just not that i mean good, it is though. the it, but it is the damn news i'm trying you to, told I, a story about joey i'm trying to rescue your news by doing interesting stuff
2: Right, this comes from the Huffington Post. Okay. I thought this was interesting. And Talking about yes, 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 okay.
3: not turning the other cheek. Yes, yes, yes.
2: Donald Trump. Y'all heard about him lately? Oh. He's, oh. he's running for president. And he, he said that he was trying to say, I guess, illegal uh, Mexicans. Me- Mexicans here illegally living in America um, do really, really bad stuff. Um, but anyway, so he has got dropped from a bunch of stuff. His yep. show where he got fired, he actually got, you know, he, he said, you're fired. He actually got fired from it. But anyway, Donald Trump calls the FBI because... <laughs> Uh, I got that joke after El Chapo joke. escaped drug do- Lord threatened him on Twitter. Now, have you heard about El Chapo? He built like yeah, that, a tunnel in a Mexican yeah. prison and escaped yeah. Joaquin El Chapo Guzman. It's only been a day since Mexican drug peeing Joaquin Guzman escaped from maximum security prison. Plenty of time to start our Twitter war with Republican presidential candidate Donald Trump. Guzman, head of the notorious Sonola Cartel, apparently hopped on social media shortly after he escaped his cell, That's awesome. bragging about the breakout and threatening Trump, the real estate magnate and anti-immigration advocate who has accused Mexico of sending criminals to the U.S. Trump has sent a uh, sent sending uh, sending criminals to the U.S. Trump has sent sending a storm of tweets since Sunday, using El Chapo's escape to criticize U.S. border policies, immigration reform, and the war on drugs. The Donald went so far as to say he'd kick Guzman's ass while his opponents would merely negotiate with him. Wow. Guzman apparently replied with some choice profanity via an unverified account with more than three hundred thousand followers. Guzman said, I guess this was in Spanish, but it said, I'll make you eat your fucking words. Ouch. Yeah. Trump has asked the FBI to investigate the threatening tweets, according to TMZ and ABC News. I'm fighting for much more than myself, Trump said in a statement. Money. I'm fighting for the future of our country, which is being overrun by criminals. You can't be intimidated. This is Mm -hmm. too important. But it sounds like he immediately you know was very scared and called the fbi like I, yeah. mean, that, I mean and i think you should be i think he's doing the right thing but he talked big but then you just go get a giant organization you know the federal bureau of investigation to get your back but i mean you think he should be scared i mean this well, guy escaped prison like by intricate tunnel system yeah. that was created it, it helped, i believe some people probably even helped him make it but um i mean that's crazy like and this guy has the balls to get out of jail and start
1: going yeah i'm out and start tweeting immediately this is interesting Now let. Let me, let, me try to make a, uh, let me try to tie this up. Let's see if I can help bridge the, the last thing on the podcast with the current thing. And that is, I see a parallel to this with Joey's movie story. You're welcome, Joey. Okay. And the turn the other cheek, maybe, whatever you want to do. Now, here, here's the thing. That stupid lady in the row in front of Joey is a lot like your Donald Trump. And so, basically, what's, what goes on is there's these people out there that there's whatever you do, you're not going to win and you're not going to change them. And it is actually useless to kind of go at them. Donald Trump is the most easily dislikable person, just like that lady in the story. But here's the thing. Donald Trump knows that he knows that he's, is there a more distasteful (laughs) character? And does he not know that? Of course he knows it. And if anything, Donald Trump uses this to say that this helps him out it helps him make his point even further so on one hand yes he's probably scared of a drug lord in a sense that that lady is not at all scared of that bald scandinavian pastor behind her however it's not going to (laughs) do it's not going to do anything at all and and so when you, you if joey were to confront that lady she would probably just get nasty and then joey would have to just be nasty it wouldn't do anything anyway so i don't see ever the point of engaging a, a person that is already prepared to be nasty that you're just not going to get any benefit out of e- either way it probably works to donald trump's totally to his helped him if anything to, to get called out make his point and get more publicity so i don't think it's any different i don't think you need to correct people in traffic i don't think you need to correct people in public because you don't have anything to do with it they're just going to get ugly reinforce their side and you're not going to get anything out of it that's what i think yeah. But if you were going to, uh, you know, if there's anybody you wouldn't want to go against, I would imagine it'd be a leader of a cartel that can escape from prison. But I don't know. Was that lady
3: pretty scary too, Joey? Uh, no. Just very insensitive. I'm not afraid of women. (laughs) just kidding. Well, have you guys heard about this whole...
2: uh, Baking gay cakes and stuff we've talked about. Oh, it, right? we have and, and talked so about it. The final verdict. This comes from USA Today. So was the final verdict? <laughs> I think you should probably should delete that out. Uh, I don't think a actual pastry can be gay either, right? I mean, I, I guess I mean that's what. Anyway, final verdict just announced for Oregon bakery owners who refused to serve the lesbian couple. They actually the verdict is in, and Sweet Cakes by Melissa, owned by Aaron and Melissa Klein of Gresham, Oregon has been ordered to pay
4: $135,000
2: to Rachel Cryer and Laurel Bowman, a lesbian couple who were denied a cake by the bakery due to their sexual orientation. This wraps up the controversial case, which first began in 2013 under the Oregon anti-discrimination laws. Did they start a GoFundMe to make the, this
3: money? Yep, yeah, actually. Are you the, serious? The bakery will... Definitely.
2: Well, I'll, t- I'll explain that a little bit more, but um, the bakery will have to pay for emotional damages caused to Cryer and Bowman. According to the Huffington Post, the Oregon Bureau of Labor and Industries uh, spokesman, Charlie Burr, explained that although Oregon law allows exceptions for religious institutions, the law does not allow private business to discriminate best on, based on sexual orientation just as they cannot legally deny service based on race, sex, age, or religious stuff, so it just it goes on and they've been uh, basically the um, the couple says that they they there's a big giant list of all the things that they've gone through, um, like just emotionally they've been scarred and it's really terrible. So this couple, because they didn't get a cake made for them, now um, are going to get one hundred thirty-five thousand dollars, right? Yeah. So. Your initial thoughts are, that doesn't seem fair. People say, we're not going to make you a cake, and that sounds really bad. Okay,
1: look at it this way. I promise you, this is all you need to know. There's all the stuff, there's political correct, there's change in society, whatever. If you want to boil this one down, let me tell you two sets of people that I can promise you I would not get along with or like in real life, and that is both sets of people involved in this lawsuit. That's all you need to know, as far as I'm concerned, is any... That would the people that would deny them the cake and make that big stand and do all that, well that's that's silly. Those people are way too absurd and self important and, and all that. They don't sound like people that I would like or get along with. And then a couple, I don't care what your what group you belong to that would want to take something like this that far into court and try to get all that money, they'd sound like a real drag of people too. So this is just to me a case of two uh stubborn, ugly acting parties that won't that can't that aren't normal humans in the first place but so man, I, you're not i'm gonna say it,
2: christian right
1: no, i'm not standing up for it has nothing to do with either group it's just two stubborn people and a news story and a, a weird thing it's just a, it's just like a standoff or any ego fight or something i mean it's just you know annoying people on both sides individuals well, not I, groups I'm, not groups of people not bakers not gay people two sets of annoying people here that's all this is you wouldn't do that yeah you wouldn't do that yeah. on either side and you would tell either one of them to knock it off, idiot, if they were your friend. On either side. Yeah. Wouldn't you not?
3: What? No, I agree. I agree. And
2: I, I, here's... Well, let me add a little bit more to the story. Okay. So my friend Josh Lark from high school uh, posted this. It's a, a addictinginfo.org. And here's what's really interesting. Basically, you go, well, I mean, is it that big of a deal? Were they that emotionally distressed? Are they just trying to get paid because they didn't get a cake? But... What you if you read more of the story, because the right wingers and the Christian right aren't telling you this, the clients, this Christian couple actually kept going to the media and putting this up and were sharing all this personal information like housing address uh, names, places where they live, all this stuff to this couple who were actually getting barraged by like fans or supporters of the couple. So in fact, it actually was really really bad and they really the the I think the gay couple has been under an actual unbelievable amount of stress with like even death threats and stuff like that for just uh bringing this to the, you know, mm-hmm. bringing this charge up. Now I don't so Matt, I agree with you. It seems so easy to go. Oh man, I have to make a cake for some I don't believe in my religion. I'm the good guy, but honestly, they're not. I think that this couple no, was the put, good guy. put it up and up and up. So they actually did an or, uh, original GoFundMe, but GoFundMe said we can't do that since this is an actual crime that they committed. They they they're not raising money to help pay off the debt. Wow! So uh-huh. another uh, another site did do it and uh i'm not going to report the name of it but they are raising some money and they they i think they made it two hundred and something thousand dollars yeah so they were able to do that and keep going but it's not like uh the gay couple uh was just the worst people in the world and just got they actually have been going through some serious trauma as well
1: well i feel i feel bad for them given any hardship that was put on them but i'm not into the the litigious people of any you know of any but some people
2: say did they bring it on themselves like you like that's what was I'm the couple to just some being degree. antagonistic? I, I mean, why do you want somebody that doesn't believe in what you're saying to make a cake for you? anyway the it the seems Who like Who cares? Yeah, I'm just saying. I'm saying. So I, I understand it, they're making yeah. a point, Most maybe making a political
1: point. I understand that, but it doesn't. It doesn't. I don't think this is helpful because again, all it does is polarize people. as, as anyway, and yeah. I don't think that's the best best way to handle it. Obviously, on either side. Nor do I yeah, think I totally they sound like agree. fun people. That's my only real point.
2: Yeah, I don't think any of them are.
3: Um. All right, I got one more. Can I say thing? something? I've been trying to say something for about five minutes. I Go just ahead. want to say something. You
2: said something at the beginning of my. News it better day. not to be say something but, else. I want to say something about the story. It
3: better be this
2: not is, about it, just, this. Is, it better not be your favorite? This is going to be cake. deep. This this no, is, no Matt. I got. I see the look in Joey's eyes. This is going to be really awesome. It might be be life changing. Go so ahead. You buddy. only
1: want to speak up when it's a cake related story. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs>
3: <laughs> <laughs> no, like, and my wife. I was at the movie theater and the gay couple came and made us move and then they charged us $135,000 All right, so my wife really disagrees with this and I can't help but to disagree with her I don't want to tell any private business why did you need to give that disclaimer because I think it's interesting that we go head to head on this I got I mean because we can't be any more I mean to only you and her go ahead why would you just breathe weird? You went.
2: I mean, the only person in this story is interesting to you is to you and your wife, Priscilla.
3: No, no. That's I not mean, true. America is not, that's not the true. world is not interested. That's not. Now, I, now I know how it feels to be interrupted. I'm sorry for, all I'm glad I've that lady made you. you and your daughter move on date day. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm father of the year, by the way. So I don't oh, man, want I anybody that. to tell a private business to, to, you have to serve certain people. Now, I don't like the fact that they wouldn't serve this gay couple. Hello, oh,
2: oh. hey,
1: man, I, I, got a cake here for Joe.
2: It's Neil, Neil.
1: You deliver. I also work at Sheila's Cakes. I got a cake. <laughs> Neil has. <laughs> Did Neil go just that? bring erotic what? gay cake for Joey? <laughs>
2: Neil, what does the cake say?
3: Oh, it says something about big and fat, but I love to have sex. <laughs> what
2: in the world? <laughs> All right, here, Joey. Can you pay Neil or?
3: So, all right, see you, Neil. All right, shit, see y'all later. (laughs) Go ahead. I don't even want to talk anymore. Winter is coming.
2: Go ahead. Tell your story about the disagreement that you and your wife have. You don't think a private
1: private (laughs) business should be told what they can and can't do. So if you don't want to serve black people, screw them.
3: Exactly. And that business will eventually fall apart because the world is smarter. So I don't like people being uh, treated that way. I don't like that gay couple being treated that way. But I don't want our country to turn to a place where, hey, you have to run your business a certain way. Let the business fall apart. No one is going to want to say, oh, I'll support a business that doesn't serve a gay couple. Are you kidding me? Like the, the business won't make it. Let them do what they want to do. Yeah. I mean, the pushback there would be just let the South do what they're going to
2: do before the Civil War or something and what that could be. So I don't know. There, there could be some pushback to that uh winter is coming Matt. i thought this was kind of really interesting we've, we've talked about you know a little bit of we had not really gone into global warming and do we believe in it that would be a mm-hmm. good topic i think but let me guess uh, you're no, a christian I, I, you don't believe I, in
1: it and who knows you read something on <laughs> the weird damn
2: liberals on it's, some it's satan.
1: goofball and you know. satan
2: hits the world he's heating the world um all right so winter is coming this is from van winkles this is a blog Scientists say the sun will not off in 15 years. You might want to start stockpiling those jackets. The sun could not off by 2030, triggering what scientists are describing as a mini ice age. Professor Valentina, Valentina Jarkova of Northumbria University. Joey, I think you got your postgraduate there. Yeah. Presented the frigid findings at the National Astronomy uh, meeting in Luanduna, Wales. I am butchering this today. Modern technology has made us able to predict solar cycles with much greater accuracy. And Sharkova's model predicts that the solar activity will drop by more than half between 2030 and 2040. Solar activity was thought to be caused by turbine system, by a turbine system of moving fluid within the sun. In search of a more accurate system of prediction, Professor Sharkova and her team discovered fluctuating magnetic waves in two layers of the sun. By studying the data in dual waves, she says predictions are far more precise so basically, they're saying a few years from now that we're going to go through a cold cycle, meaning that so far, although there are definitely things that are saying that parts of the world are heating up or, or abnormally cold as well, that also our sun, which is not on this planet, is going to be potentially causing a different climate as well. So I guess the reason why I wanted to bring this up is, first of all, I thought it was really interesting that the sun might nod off for a little bit, triggering a mini ice age. Don't know if I totally believe this. It's just one scientist saying this, but I think it's interesting that if the world is, if there is global warming and all this stuff, there's a billion probably more factors to it than just human cause. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Matt, what do you think about that? Because you don't even believe in recycling. Well, you don't even care about the earth, do you?
1: L- look, all everything here. You is hate just, the earth. The, yeah, I hate <laughs> it. The only thing here is all the, everything that everybody's talking about is just what they're looking for to hear. For instance, if you read that story carefully. You won't hear a scientist claiming, don't worry about global warming, there's an ice age coming. That's what the whoever the writer of this wrote the story that way so that you would read it the way that you read it. This story sounds like to me that it was about a scientist doing science and figuring out more accurate descriptions of the inner workings of the sun. That's what the story is about, but nobody cares about that story. So they took some weird little offshoot of it, saying, "Well, so theoretically, one of the predictions could be that this blah yeah. blah blah," and turn it into a story about global warming. That's just a. This is just a scientist who is looking at magnetic waves instead of whatever the turbine thing is. That's what this story is supposed to be about. Not a good headline. Recycling. Same Whoa. thing. So
2: Matt turned it. Matt turned it into media manipulation. I yeah, was that, just trying to talk that, about the sun course taking it. Of Why, why Matt, would you,
1: yeah? Why would you read it if it wasn't? I mean, you're not going to read the story so about then that the inner actually proves of my point.
2: Both sides, whether you are you believe in global warming or not, both sides are just putting out stuff just to just to no 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 side
1: no. I'm saying that lady that scientist is not on a side. She ain't got. Oh I know inside.
2: But I'm saying you're. But the media and the, right, the right. guy that wrote this blog right. is doing that on purpose, using it, manipulating us, saying, "Hey, listen." They said it's going to be the intent. You're saying is, "Oh, see, scientists that say global warming, they're not right because we're going to have a mini ice age here in a couple right. of years." Yeah, that's that's not. So nonsense. it's just a manipulation. Wow, Matt! Matt flipped it on his lid. Yeah. Joey got a spot. Do you it. even know anything about science?
3: You said uh, uh, I know a lot about science, but you not, were a science teacher, weren't you? Yeah, I wasn't a great one though. Uh, I don't know a lot about our tax dollars went to that don't know a lot about global warming no but what you do know I was a math teacher and I had to teach a science class or two
2: well the thing I know is that the sun basically uh, sends us photons and Mm -hmm. uh, you know there was one photon that checked into a hotel and asked if if it needed any help with his luggage and he said no I'm traveling light (laughs) that's the damn news with Toby Morrell. I hope y'all enjoyed I certainly did today
3: thank you I went, off, I went off on four news stories today Very i went good. off i'm going to turn over a new leaf and i'm going to be an encourager to you you've said that a million new, times new story i let you today lead off in your
2: lead if your lead first story, you don't
3: succeed try try your again. lead news
2: story was about joy Spencer. <laughs>
3: <laughs> <laughs> now that hey, that wasn't my oh i'm prepared to bring the news i just wanted to share a story but during the news. The time. I don't care about your news. but Now, oh, wait, would, wait, now wait, would be a perfect I love your news. Now would be a perfect time for that story. All right,
2: anyway, the BC club. Do you have another story where a woman kicked your ass, and made you and yeah, made was you like a bitch in front
3: of your daughter.
1: Yeah. You When's the next time you get humiliated <laughs> by a woman and children? <laughs>
3: All right, so the BC Club, we love you guys, and thank you for supporting, even if you're supporting a subpar news. But Toby is getting better, so thank you for not giving up on him nor on this podcast, and that is Shannon Lau. Shannon Lau. Okay, well, I might as well just go hip-hop, yo. Tanya Mota. Oh! no. Mark Hildbrandt, Matt Cheatham. Michelle Belleville, Jordan Clark, my hip hop boy, Josiah Lair, Justin Bird, Isaac M. Bicko, that's the best name of the hour. Isaac Isaac M. Bicko, Jack Collins, Jacob Allen, Dave and Jess, Tatzinko, Tatzinko, that's cool too. David Johnson, davin carlson and ellie hall matt why should more people join the bc club at badchristian.com forward slash contribute oh i'll tell you why
1: Uh, one thing that we're doing that we've been spending a little bit of money on lately uh that i meant to say up top when we're talking about music and going on tour that cities burn is aaron lunsford from as cities burn has a book that he wrote. He's a really good writer. He's been helping with our blog. And so we spent some money with some editors and manufacturing and art, and we're developing a book for him that we're going to release. And we're going to give away some of the chapters of it. We're going to give away some copies to some people in the BC Club. They're going to get it for free. Uh, And so we've been using some of that money to develop that and to try to figure out if we could help people like Aaron release uh not only people that you know not just music that we like to help artists release and own but also books per- perhaps stuff like that so just another yeah. little venture that probably won't pay off very much but will be fun and will support art and creativity and people being able to do stuff themselves and give it away or possibly make a few dollars here and there so thank you to the BC club for supporting that and letting allowing us and me to spend a little time thinking through it and working on it. And uh, yeah, you can get a copy of it by just by joining the BC club. It'll be free. So go to forward slash uh, dot forward slash contribute. Join today.
3: Definitely. And we, uh, Matt and I talked last night, I can't make any promises, but we think a good plan uh, for the BC club is maybe on a quarterly level. We've done this once, but we want to do it kind of on a regular basis is to record an extra podcast episode, uh bring in maybe a wife or two and talk about some things maybe a little more touchy uh just because it's say hey, to a smaller crowd we're not going to reveal our salaries though um i think matt would want to,
2: for yeah. us to do that. you know but. what i keep thinking about your story and how that woman and here's what i would it's said. not about my story it's mm. about his story it is about uh, capital h <laughs> <laughs> I, here's what i probably would have said i don't hear it. i think i would i would have grabbed my daughter i would have moved and i would have said hey listen um, I think what you did was really rude, and you don't know me like that. So, just letting you know, you better watch every one of these little motherfuckers because <laughs> one of them's going to go missing, and you're going to go to jail. <laughs> oh Lord, help us.
4: <laughs> <laughs>